Today I'll be talking about an incredible example of how the Western corporate media acts as a propaganda mouthpiece for the interests of Western governments, specifically over the war in Ukraine. CBS News, one of the most important media outlets in the United States, published a documentary and an article revealing corruption in Ukraine, revealing that of the tens of billions of dollars that, that Western governments have sent to Ukraine of weapons in order to fuel this proxy war against Russia, of all of those weapons, only 30% have actually ended up on the front lines. This documentary acknowledged that there is large-scale systemic corruption. There's a big black market for weapons in Ukraine. There's weapons being siphoned off by oligarchs and warlords. And then what happened? CBS News censored itself. It retracted its own documentary and changed its article, changed its written report under pressure from the Ukrainian government. Furthermore, the foreign minister of Ukraine publicly attacked CBS News and called for an investigation into CBS, which is an attack on freedom of the press. It shows how little the Ukrainian Western-backed regime actually cares about democracy. This is a, a truly scandalous affair. Unfortunately, it got very little coverage in the media. But today I'm going to be talking about this scandal. Uh, I'll be summarizing the main points of this report that was published by CBS News. I'll actually also be including a few clips here from that censored documentary because before it was removed off the internet, off of CBS's website, there were some people who, who were able to copy it and post it. We're seeing this incredible historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. There is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. You know, all this stuff goes to the border and then kind of like something happens, it kind of like 30% maybe reaches its final destination. 30%? Are you concerned about weapons getting in the wrong hands? I don't care at all whether that happens. Some also reported weapons are being hoarded, or worse, fear that they are disappearing into the black market, an industry that has thrived under corruption in post-Soviet Ukraine. So I wrote an article summarizing this at multipolarista.com. It's titled CBS Censors Its Own Report on Ukraine Weapons Corruption. I'll have that in the link. I'll have that link to that article in the description below this episode. So this is the video card of the, the documentary by CBS, Arming Ukraine. And if we go to the archive, archive.today, this website shows us what the original report looked like at CBS News. This was published on August 4th. It's titled, Why Military Aid to Ukraine Doesn't Always Get to the Front Lines like 30% of it reaches its final destination. And this documentary was hosted by the CBS correspondent, Adam Yamaguchi. And you can see there was a video here accompanying this print report. And the, the video was 23 minutes and 30 seconds. Now, what happened is after it was published, there was criticism of CBS for acknowledging this systemic corruption in Ukraine, because you're not allowed to say anything critical in any way of Ukraine. And here's a tweet from the foreign minister of Ukraine, Dmitro Kuleba. And he's responding to another tweet from CBS News, which acknowledges that it retracted its tweet and its documentary, Arming Ukraine. 
and it specifically deleted this tweet that said 30% of the Western weapons actually reached the final destination in Ukraine. In this tweet, on August 8th, Ukraine's foreign minister attacked CBS and said that the retraction of the documentary was, quote, a welcome first step, but it is not enough. And he called for an internal investigation into who enabled this and why. Note, the Ukrainian government official here is not calling for an investigation into the corruption that CBS exposed. Rather, he's calling for an investigation into CBS itself for publishing truthful information exposing corruption in Ukraine because he claims that it, it damages trust. So it, it helps Russia is basically what he's saying. So this is an example of how little the Ukrainian government actually cares about freedom of speech. The Ukrainian government, the regime, has already banned a dozen opposition parties, including all communist parties and all socialist parties have been banned in Ukraine. And then now, oh, furthermore, I should also mention that all media outlets were concentrated in the ownership of the this presidential council appointed by Zelensky. So Zelensky and his you know, the people around him control all of the media in Ukraine. And here we see the Ukrainian government attacking U.S. journalists who are actually very pro-Ukraine, very anti-Russian. Now, something that's very important to understand about this report at CBS is it was a, very biased. It was very pro-Ukraine, very anti-Russian. This is the host of the CBS documentary, Adam Yamaguchi. And he made it very clear in the report that he supports Ukraine. He referred to Russia as the aggressor. And there's a lot of propaganda in here in this documentary. In fact, I note in the article that, so in this documentary, he noted, the CBS reporter, that the war in Ukraine began in 2014. It didn't begin in February 2022 when Russia invaded. It began back in 2014, but he claims the war began when Russia annexed Crimea. He conveniently left out the historical fact that in 2014, in February, the US government sponsored a violent coup d'etat that overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government and installed a pro-Western puppet regime. He leaves out that history and says the war began when Russia annexed Crimea, as if Russia was just doing that for fun out of nowhere. He also conveniently left out the fact that after the annexation of Crimea by Russia, there was a democratic referendum in which 97% of people in Crimea voted to join Russia. And there was 83% turnout, 83% participation in that referendum. So here's this clip of the CBS reporter, Adam Yamaguchi. This is his propagandist, uh, propagandistic explanation of the war in Ukraine, blaming everything on Russia. Ukraine and Russia have been at war since 2014, when Russia occupied Crimea, and Russia-backed separatists occupied the Donbass region of Ukraine. So this documentary was not in any way like pro-Russian. The fact that the Ukrainian government was criticizing it shows that even mild criticism of the Ukrainian government, even when it's from a very pro-Ukrainian, very anti-Russian perspective, is not tolerated in the media. Any criticism of Ukraine is not allowed in the so-called free press in the West. And they claim that Russia is the one violating freedom of the press when you're not allowed to actually speak anything. Uh, you're not allowed to say anything that they don't like about Ukraine. So let's continue here and look more about th at this documentary. 
So the documentary that CBS published was built largely around this guy named Jonas Oman, who is a Swedish anti-Russian operative, this activist who's very anti-Russian, who's been living in Lithuania and overseeing anti-Russian operations and supporting color revolution attempts and, and all of this. And he created a so-called non-governmental organization backed by Western governments, a so-called NGO, which is not actually an NGO, called Blue Slash Yellow. And he's boasted of providing tens of millions of dollars of Western military equipment to Ukraine. And in the documentary that CBS made, he, there's a scene where he actually picks up a rifle. This guy who supposedly works at a humanitarian NGO, he picks up a rifle showing clearly what side he's on. And then at the end of the documentary, he, he declares, he says, we have to win the war. We've got to win. Here's that clip. As we fuel Ukraine with so much of this, isn't there a danger that we're just creating the next insurgency, the next failed state? That's one of the reasons we have to win the war. And that's why we've got to win. So these are the so-called non-governmental organizations operating in Ukraine. They're all, or in his case, in Lithuania and Poland, where he operates, sending weapons into Ukraine. I mean, they're all Western proxies. And in addition, in this documentary, he also admitted that his group has been sending Western military equipment into Ukraine since the summer of 2014, acknowledging that Western military support for Ukraine in this proxy war against Russia goes back to 2014. It did not just begin when Russia invaded. This is a proxy war that has been going on for eight years now. And so I'll put that clip here. So how long have you been moving supplies into country? Since summer of 2014. In this documentary, this guy, uh, Jonas Oman, he also acknowledges that he, his organization has sent tons of drones into Ukraine. And he sent so many drones into Ukraine that he's lost count of them. Here's that clip. I think I lost count how many drones we were putting here. Yeah. So those are some very revealing clips of this censored documentary from CBS. And one of the most revealing clips in this documentary is when Ohman, this guy who's delivering weapons to Ukraine, he admits that there's massive corruption going on. And he specifically says that there are power lords and oligarchs in a black market for weapons in Ukraine. Here's that clip as well. And what is the corruption? Is it like playing favorites? Is it- You know, there are like power lords, uh, oligarchs, uh, political players. So those are some of the clips from this censored CBS documentary. You can kind of see why the Ukrainian regime is so desperate and trying to prevent people from seeing this truthful, factual information, even though it's from a blatantly pro-Ukrainian anti-Russian media outlet. Anyway, let me continue here. The CBS documentary also interviewed another mercenary. This is a former U.S. Marine um, who, who runs a, his own mercenary group called the Mozart Group, which is a playoff of Russia's mercenary group, the Wagner Group. And his name is Andy Milburn. And in this documentary, he also acknowledges that a lot of these weapons are not ending up on the front lines. And then the CBS host, Yamaguchi, asks if it's a kind of black hole for weapons. And he says, yes, it's basically a black hole. And then he adds that his main concern is killing Russians. So here are those clips from this U.S. Marine veteran and mercenary. I can tell you unarguably that on the frontline units, these things are not getting there, all right? Is, is it safe to characterize this as a little bit of a, a black hole? I, 
I, I suppose if you don't have visibility of where this stuff is going, and if you're asking that question, then it would appear that it's a black hole, yeah. Are you concerned about weapons getting into the wrong hands? I don't care at all whether that happens. Of course it's going to happen. It happens in any... I mean, if you, if you don't have guys here supervising the pipeline, but that's not my biggest concern. My biggest concern right now is that the guys who need to kill Russians with those weapons get those weapons. So once again, pretty revealing clips from this censored CBS documentary. Now, I want to play another clip from someone who's not a mercenary, someone from Amnesty International, which is a so-called human rights group, which is notoriously biased, by the way, on, in the interest of Western governments. Amnesty International has a revolving door with the U.S. government and, and British government. It has a revolving door with Western intelligence agencies. A very shady history of involvement, like with the FBI, for instance. One of its co-founders was, you know, allegedly even involved in the FBI's assassination of black communist uh, leader of the Black Panthers in Chicago, Fred Hampton. So very shady organization, Amnesty International. But on Ukraine, they have been kind of a little more balanced than a lot of the media. They have slightly published criticisms of Ukraine. I'll talk about that in a second. And in the CBS documentary, they interviewed a senior crisis advisor for Amnesty International named Donatella Rovera. And she also acknowledged that they don't know where all of the weapons going into Ukraine are actually heading. And she pointed out that ISIS is an example of this long history of an extremist group that gets its hands on all of these weapons when the US and its European allies flood countries like Afghanistan or Syria or Iraq with weapons, it ends up in the hands of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS. So here's this clip from the censored CBS documentary from an Amnesty Interna International operative. We're seeing this incredible historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine from, from the West, from the US and NATO countries. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. Uh, there is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. What is more worrying is that at least some of the countries that are sending weapons do not seem to think that it is their responsibility to put in place a very robust oversight mechanism to ensure that they know how they're being used today, but also how they might and will be used tomorrow. It is absolutely necessary to ask those questions because if we look back, we have so many different examples in Afghanistan and Libya, Iraq, and the situations where weapons that are meant for one purpose at a particular time end up going elsewhere, being used for other purposes. When ISIS took over Mosul in 2014, they you know, came into possession of large amounts of new, sophisticated weapons that US forces had left for the Iraqi forces. Now, I mentioned that Amnesty this August published a very rare report for the first time criticizing Ukraine over the war. And this report acknowledged that Ukraine is essentially using human shields. It's using civilian areas as human shields against Russia. It acknowledged that the Ukrainian military is endangering civilians using schools and hospitals as military bases. And the Western governments were so angry at Amnesty International for publishing these facts that they pressured the head, the leader of Amnesty International's Ukraine arm to resign. She was forced to resign for acknowledging these facts. Here's an article 
and Axios, which is a pro-Western propaganda outlet, head of Amnesty International's Ukraine arm resigns after backlash to report. So her name was Oksana Pokalchuk, the head of Amnesty's Ukraine arm. So even this biased pro-Western group, Amnesty International, once again, is not propagandistic enough for the so-called free democratic West, just like CBS. They have to censor any media outlet that, that publishes minor criticisms of Ukraine. And they have to, to censor, of course, all Russian media and all alternative media. And they even have to force executives at pro-Western biased human rights organizations to resign for daring to slightly criticize Ukraine. I mean, it's extremely hypocritical and shows how little these Western imperialist governments actually care about freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and democracy. So finally, I want to conclude here looking at another clip from this documentary. And this is from another talking head who's featured a lot in this documentary. And his name is Charles Kupchan. And in the documentary that CBS published, he's only identified as a senior fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations. The CFR is basically part of the U.S. government. It was created by the Rockefeller billionaire oligarchs as basically an organization that works closely with the U.S. State Department to help create U.S. foreign policy. It was involved in planning the first Cold War and really is a key part of the, the machinery of the military industrial complex and the U.S. empire, the intellectual apparatus behind the U.S. empire. But what they didn't mention in CBS documentary is that this guy, Charles Kupchan, they quoted as a, as a Ukraine expert, he, he also worked at the U.S. State Department before, and he previously served on the National Security Council for both President Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. But there's a very interesting quote in this documentary where he acknowledges, of course, he's very anti-Russian and very pro-Ukraine, but he acknowledges that the war in Ukraine is a proxy war. He says it openly, and he admits that, quote, Ukraine is a proxy for the West. So he's acknowledging, as other Western government officials have acknowledged, such as Defense Secretary and Raytheon lobbyist Lloyd Austin, they've acknowledged that this is a proxy war. They're using Ukraine to try to weaken Russia, to attack Russia. Here's this very revealing clip from the CBS documentary. The Russians in some ways see this as a war with the West. Ukraine is uh, a proxy for the West, but at the same time, the Russians have been as careful as NATO in not widening the war. They have not chosen to strike against arms depots in Poland, through which arms are flowing into Ukraine. So those were some of the highlights of the CBS documentary that was censored. You're not going to be able to see it in mainstream corporate media because they don't believe in freedom of speech, despite the fact that they claim that they're the protectors of democracy and freedom of speech. Now, before I conclude here, I just want to briefly mention this is not the first time that a mainstream corporate media outlet has acknowledged that some of the tens of billions of dollars of weapons that Western governments have sent to Ukraine have ended up in black markets and in being sold by these corrupt officials. In fact, CNN published an article back in April. And with this ad, it's hard to see the title here, this dumb ad. But the headline is, what happens to weapons sent to Ukraine the U.S. doesn't really know. So this was published by CNN back in April. And it acknowledged that, quote, the U.S. has few ways to track the substantial supply of anti-tank, anti-aircraft and other weaponry it has sent across the border into Ukraine, calling it a blind spot. But it, of course, defended it. 
saying that this is a conscious risk the Biden administration is willing to take. So they know that this is a problem. They know that just as the weapons that the U.S. flooded Afghanistan with in the 1980s fueled the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, that just as the weapons that the U.S. flooded Syria with and Iraq with led to ISIS and Al-Qaeda there, they know this is a problem that, that might be repeated in Ukraine, and a lot of far-right extremist groups might use these weapons to attack civilians and continue waging war for years going forward. But for them, that's the price of doing business. As CNN says, it's a risk the Biden administration is willing to take. That's a risk that they're willing to take because, of course, people in the U.S. and Europe are not dying. It's people in Ukraine dying. It's people in Russia dying. But, of course, at the end of the day, for the U.S. empire and its junior partners in imperialism in the European Union and NATO, Ukraine's, Ukrainians are unfortunately seen as cannon fodder. It's very unfortunate for the people of Ukraine who are having to die, the young men of Ukraine who are being, being conscripted. They're not, many of them are not volunteers. They're being forced to fight and use as imperialist cannon fodder on behalf of the U.S. empire and big corporations and capitalists in the U.S. and Europe. It's really sad. But of course, they want us to say that Russia, the evil big Russian boogeyman, is to blame for everything, that it's all Russia's fault. NATO expansion right up into Russia's borders repeatedly, 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 violating promises that the West made to former Soviet Union and to Russia. Well, that has nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. The U.S.-sponsored coup in Ukraine in 2014, nothing to do with the war in Ukraine. The Western weapons flooding Ukraine from 2014 until, the, until Russia invaded in February, nothing to do with this war. It's all Russia's fault. And they will make sure that any media outlet that says these facts is censored including mainstream establishment corporate outlets like CBS. It really shows how little these Western imperialist regimes actually care about democracy and freedom of speech. And when they attack Russia for supposedly violating freedom of speech and human rights, I mean, just don't forget how ridiculously hypocritical and cynical those attacks are.